Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. No, no, no. We take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. I'm Ross Blotcher. And today we're going to, what are we going to do, Carrie? Heal the sick? We will heal the sick. We will cast out demons. And if we have time. We'll raise the dead. We'll raise the dead. <laughs> right after Matt Damon comes on the show. Yes. Yes. This is, oh, we got to call him. <laughs> We got to call Matt. Matt, remind me. Then we'll get to raising the dead. Matt, text me and remind me to call you. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to introduce this topic and this person to our listeners. Oh, boy. Who are we talking about today? Catherine Crick. Apostle Catherine Crick. Listener, take a moment. Yeah, remember what your life is like now before Catherine Crick. (laughs) (laughs) This is, you remember 9-11, right? (laughs) <laughs> yes, you do. This is like the reverse. You'd be like, I re- like that was bad news. You know, you heard about oh. September. <laughs> okay, like, where's she going like, with this? I All didn't right. like. I personally, here's my interesting take on 9/11. Thumbs down. I wasn't into it from the beginning. Yeah. I heard the second I heard about Not it, a fan. I was like, boo. Catherine Crick. There's some boo there. But you're about to have a good time. Listen. These are the moments that shapes one's life. Exactly. Like uh, the I moon landing. Have said it you remember where you were. Yes, I remember where I was. Nine eleven. Sixty nine. Bad, but you remember where you were. Exactly. Okay. That's so. Remember that's where, where you are with. now. Yes. Catherine Crick. A. Okay. How would how would you headline write Catherine Crick if you wrote for BuzzFeed? I'm just thinking I wouldn't write for BuzzFeed, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, she's a sorry listener mark oppenheimer we're glad you're doing the lord's work out there oh mark's great yeah for sure oh goodness yeah how would i summarize it well for our listeners i'd say she's bob larson but younger uh, woman peppier i guess she casts out demons and uh, she's quite the entrepreneur she started up her own ministry here in los angeles yes so I would say she is the TikTok healing influencer oh, of the modern generation. Oh, you, know you were I mean? ready for this. That's much better. <laughs> yes, that's right. TikTok mm. was crucial to her success. Yes. So she's like the faith healing influencer. And she's risen to prominence just within the past couple years. Yes. During the heat of the pandemic, uh-huh. she was preaching in a local Los Angeles park, Pan Six Pacific different park. parks. Okay. The most of the videos I've seen were at Pan Pacific mm-hmm. Park, right next to the Holocaust Museum here in LA. I, I know she also preached early on off of Mulholland Drive, but she moved around, huh? Yeah. Well, I know she mentioned she went to six different parks while she was figuring out where to okay. preach. But I think, yeah, I think mostly she was at that one. That place. was the one that really caught on and had a following. And got to thank a couple listeners who did write us both a year and two years ago to mention her. So oh, great. Ash Rudolph. Who Ash. wrote us first Great about name. Catherine Crick back in July 2021? Okay. And shared like a TikTok link and the 5F Church website. So that's when I first became aware of Catherine Crick. And then I put her on our little shared doc where we keep investigation suggestions. But I knew I like, okay, this is going to be good. Carrie's going to be into this. I'm going to be into this. But then also thanks to listener Kelly Tenemura who wrote just earlier this year uh, and recommended Apostle Catherine Crick. So in July 2021, when Ash wrote to us, there were 300 people attending 
5F church. Mm-hmm. So still pretty small yeah. locally. Yes. In person, that's still true. Mm-hmm. Like when we mm-hmm. go there, now she has a building. And mm-hmm. We're going to tell you all about it. Yeah, it's still about 300 people, maybe a little under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she has this big online following, and that also started around then. That year, she started doing her video shorts, and one of them right. got a million views. Yeah, and uh, the way I heard her tell it in one interview, she was saying that she kind of taught herself editing, and that the Lord had told her that she needed to make one-minute videos. Yes. That was like a directive from God. Okay, God, I'll learn how to edit videos. And so she had been recording her own little park moments of preaching and prophecy and casting out demons and cut it together and put it out there, and one of them went viral. Yeah, so God tells her she needs to make one-minute videos on TikTok. And then she said, I created and posted a one-minute video on TikTok showing God moving in power the previous year at 5F Church. And that these healings included healing HIV and, I think a little less impressive, leg pain. (laughs) Well, at least she put it in that order, right? (laughs) Actually, I don't think she did. Okay. Um, We'll be talking about some of the things that she heals. Yep. And some of them are just downright head scratching. Some of them a little offensive. Yep, totally. So in that first video, she said she also showed people being touched by the Holy Spirit so mightily that they fell back. Um, Mm -hmm. So that first video, she just gets like 15,000 or so views. But the second video, that takes off. God knew what he was talking about. Yeah, that one really took off. That was April 2021. And currently, I've pulled up the video. It has, oh, I hate the TikTok interface. (laughs) TikTok sucks so bad. It's awful it's so badly made i'm on the video and it won't show me what the hit count is it's only when you go to search for something and it's at 2.6 million and it's from april 2021 and it's a lady on crutches that's interesting because she said on her 30th birthday Mm -hmm. this video hit 1 million views and it was only two days after she had posted it i saw another interview where she said 24 hours Okay, but her birthday's in January. I think her stories change over time. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Maybe I'm looking for consistency where none exists. Whenever it was posted, the most popular video I'm looking at on the five-fold church TikTok has 2.6 million views now. Come forward. Your time is up. The demons cannot stand the power of God. And everyone are going up. See, this is the power of God. What are you doing to her? I torment her a lot. She will not preach. She will not spread the gospel. She will preach the gospel. Our time is up. Go now in Jesus' name. You must go. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. (laughs) Are free. Praise God. Oh, yeah, this is Bob Larson shit, all right. (laughs) Yeah, Bob Larson's going to come up. Yeah. So I think this was the first time that she ever cast out a demon. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've kind of gathered that she didn't set out to cast out demons. It's exactly. just demons showed up at her preaching and made themselves manifest, and she told them to go away, yep. and it turned into a thing. Yep. On the day I cast out my first demon, I hadn't set out to do that, she says in her book. Okay. And that she was like shocked because the demon had come out with such little physical effort, which actually, I, I yeah, I'm starting to, uh, at first I thought this was just like a cynical little woman, uh, yeah. and now I'm like, oh no, you mean it. I think she means it. Yeah. And I think yeah. 
Okay. And now I see this version of it where I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> you went to the park and a girl came up to you and was shaking. And then you convinced yourself. And you're a lifelong church girl and decided, yeah. oh, what do I do? Uh, this is a, it looks like a demon. What do you do to a yeah. demon? You command it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and it worked. I'm filled with embarrassment for her. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, my God. What if you started a church that way? I, and then now you just have to keep it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, oh I, I <laughs> You know, these things snowball. Yes. Yeah. It's very rare that... You know, you start out with the whole plan, like, all right, here's how it's going to go down. I'm going to have this many followers, and I'm going to release this, and then I'll have this many followers. You know, life surprises you. And, uh, yeah, it looks like life has surprised Catherine Crick. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie is yet again clasping at her forehead from both sides. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's episode one. Who knows how long we're talking about this? So, So, I agree with your assessment that she started out fully... Sincere, and she might be along one of these pathways that we've talked about. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into it, and I think mm-hmm. you'll be able to make your own decision along the way. Uh, let's describe her. How would you okay. describe Catherine Crick? Okay, she's 32. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty brunette. Very pale white skin. Mm-hmm. Big blue eyes. Yep, very, you know, classically attractive. A big tooth-filled mouth. Yeah, big wide grin, long like oval or maybe, what's that word, or diamond-shaped face? Okay, a very long nose. Mm -hmm. So classically beautiful, for sure. Uh, Yeah, pretty lady, and Mm -hmm. she feels tall to me. I don't know if that's true Mm -hmm. or not, because she's always standing up on a stage above me. I haven't stood next to her, Mm -hmm. but she's thin, and Mm -hmm. uh, she Mm -hmm. has, I think, naturally very curly hair. Sometimes she'll straighten it out, but it's long hair, and it wants to wave. Wants to flounce. At least on the cover of her book, we've got synthetic eyelashes. They look great. Uh, Jewelry. You know, looks really put together. Yeah. You know. That's a good photo for the 80s. I feel like she would have rocked it in the Mm. 80s with that look. Oh, that's funny because I was saying to you at at her church the other day that the whole silhouette kind of looked like the 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah, the background of the like bright white windows. Yeah. She was wearing kind of an 80s outfit. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. It could have turned into an 80s music video very easily. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like the 80s in that there is nothing new going on at (laughs) 5F Church. (laughs) Okay, 5F Church. You know, it took me a little while to figure out what that meant. Oh, yeah. The, okay, good. Five-fold. I know five that. Five-fold church. What does yeah. that mean? Nowhere on the website did they say, here are the five-folds of the five-fold church. Yeah. So I found that this has been a term for a while, and she was kind of joining something that was already an established, not denomination, but sort of a movement. Okay. And Bethel Church, another one very interesting to us. Yeah, is, kind of famous. Considers itself a five-fold church. Oh. I, I looked at the term and it seems to have emerged kind of in the early 80s and it's just been steadily growing since then uh, the 80s again okay i can't point though to a particular person or movement yet that wait a minute we emerged in the early 80s uh-oh fuck are we the fivefold church fuck it's us <laughs> okay but the fivefold church is a reference to ephesians 4 okay verse 11 that's the bible folks ephesians is a letter that paul wrote Paul was the first guy who went around being like, do you know about Jesus? Even though he's dead, he's coming back, blah, 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 blah. Let's start a whole worldwide thing. That's Paul. There's a lot of books attributed to Paul that people don't uh, 
that scholars don't think are actually written by him. Mm. But a real are all the go eat popcorns still by him? Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Whoa, I've never heard the go eat popcorn mnemonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are those all still him? Hold on, let me check. Okay, okay, good. This is important. Okay, the undisputed ones are Thessalonians, Galatians, First and Second Corinthians, Philippians, Philemon, and Romans. Oh, okay, the Deutero-Pauline epistles may be authentic. That includes Ephesians. So, okay, there is some doubt about Ephesians. What about Colossians? Also there. Okay, in okay. the may be authentic. Okay. And then the second epistle to the Thessalonians. And then the pastoral epistles are probably not authentic. Timothy 1 and 2, and then Titus. Oh, no, Timothy. I know, that's, that's a good one. That's where he's like, you're young, it's good. Okay. Yeah, that's how that's how Timothy is summarized in my head. Uh, and Titus. And then the one that we're pretty sure Paul did not write is Hebrews. Okay, all right. I think everyone agrees on that. All right, but this one's really from Paul. What did he say? It is slightly disputed. Whether Paul wrote it or not, people believe that for a long time. Ephesians 4.11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Mm. So they've listed five titles that sort of imply God is sort of set like these are important yeah, ranks or roles that you fill within the church. And so the 5F or five-fold church is all about equipping people to accept those spiritual gifts and fill the role of being a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, or an apostle. Right. So you start to get the sense that, oh, some of these are specialer than others. Yeah. And and I've heard, <laughs> I keep saying I've heard, I've been listening to a lot of YouTube videos from people like within the church and people in the church critical of Catherine Crick, uh, which is interesting. There is a robust, not literature, but uh, videature of people <laughs> of critics laying out Catherine Crick for things that they consider theologically faulty. And then you've got Catherine herself and the people who are kind of on her side. And, oh, man, there's just so much out there. But I I have heard people kind of make the argument that it is more egalitarian than that. It's just like what God gives you and what God calls you to do. And there's no method of attainment or schooling to get to a certain thing. It's just... God calls you, Carrie. You're an apostle right. now. But then that's up to the individual to say, no, I swear, to, I swear, God mm-hmm. said to me, Carrie, you're an apostle. And then everybody else just has to reality test around that. Exactly. Yeah. What do you do if God told someone privately, you just assume they're telling the truth? Yeah. Yeah. That they at how least you, think this is true. How do you call that? Yeah. So this will come up a lot in people criticizing her and it will get even to the level of like, <clears throat> women aren't supposed to be pastors, Paul said. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, hey, good news. The verse, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. Uh-huh. That's from First Timothy. So that's one of our disputed uh, epistles. Ah, okay. But still, people take it seriously as Paul having said that. Right. Anyways, so that'll be one of the arguments. But then another argument is, who are you to call yourself an apostle? Like when we think mm-hmm. of apostles, we think of the early church, you know, Je- Paul. Jesus took his disciples and converted them. And it was supposed to be like people who'd had direct experience with him. Right. And then Paul got in on a technicality. He supposedly didn't meet Jesus, but he met him in his road mm-hmm. to Damascus vision. Right. So he Jesus be- came down to him and 
an apostle. The not flesh. And we've run into this before when we investigated Forerunner Ministries International. Not to be confused with five-fold church. This is Forerunner <laughs> Ministries. <laughs> yeah, we visited their uh, church in Victorville because they thought the end was nigh or there was something really important that was happening yeah, yeah, with yeah. a man-child being born in the heavens or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man-child. The end or something like it <laughs> is close, sort of. I hope that worked out for them. Anyways, the, the guy I think he was presenting to us that day went with the title apostle and they have men within their fold that they call apostles. So this is kind of a thing. And I wouldn't have been able to tell you beforehand, like what makes an apostle an apostle? Apparently it has something to do with being someone who starts a church, like brings it to a new land, something related to like a founding and starting a new movement. And this isn't in Catherine Crick's creation. You're saying that that's that's how the word was originally Sort of the understanding of the, yeah, the word itself. It comes from the Greek apostolos, meaning messenger, Mm. from a verb meaning to send forth. I'm seeing a dictionary definition here. The first successful Christian missionary in a country or to a people. So, seems to check out. And and that makes sense, that it would be someone who's sort of sent from elsewhere with this message, coming here and seeding the new ministry because Uh she is inspired by her mentor. Yeah, where did she get the title apostle from? From Jor Davy Moses Consambale, a mm-hmm. faith healer from Tanzania, East Africa. She always points out that it's East Africa. I don't yeah. know why. Though that is like uh, on his address, it says Tanzania, East Africa. East Africa. So huh. may- maybe okay. that's just a way to refer to it. Yeah, fair. Gior Davy. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like one word, but with a little camel case D. Yes. Gior Davy Ministries. Yeah. So she met him... <laughs> This is wild. Yeah, this is the curveball in her story. Yeah, well, first, yeah, first let me tell you how I understood it to be. Yeah, do we need to rewind a little bit on her before we get to this transformation or? Oh, if you want. Okay. But I mean, I think it it really speaks to why she'd call herself apostle, I think. Okay. So when she talks about Jor Davy, she calls him her mentor. She says that he's still in her life. Mm-hmm. He's overseeing this church in a way. Her spiritual father. She yes. regularly calls him that. Right. And she's always saying he's from Africa. She's talking about his culture in Africa. She makes it sound like she went to Africa. She did? Okay. But she makes it sound like she went to Africa and met him there. She didn't. She didn't. She met him. In Los Angeles. Correct. At a, at a hotel convention, much like we meet all of our Conscious Life Expo people. He came here in 2016 on a tour of the United States and to, to preach here, and she attended one of his faith healings. And we found it. Well, Drew found it. Yeah, great find. It's such like an ordinary faith healing service to me. It's just like... 100%. So the nor. It's so what you and I have seen our whole lives yeah but she's blown away by it to to give a little more of her backstory she was raised in a presbyterian church oh really that was my guess and i didn't even know that okay okay oh then i know exactly how this happened okay she was raised in andes new york which is a population 1200 Oh, tiny. Very small town. Attended the Presbyterian church, sang in the choir. Okay. And that was her church experience growing up, like the numbers on the wall that tell you which hymn to open up and sing. A very different church experience. Yes. And 
That's the church I grew up in. She wasn't familiar with the charismatic movement, exactly. evan- evangelicals, all of that was new to her. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed for her. This feels like this could have been my life. So she wants to break into the music industry. Yes, she wants to be a Christian EDM. EDM. <laughs> Electronic dance music artist. Yeah. So she wants to sing pop songs for Jesus. Yep. Great. She moves out to LA. Also kind of wants to be an actress. Yep. Relatable. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) There but for the grace of God. I guess so. Goes Carrie. Oof. Yeah, and she says that in high school and college, she lived a lukewarm Christian life. She loved Jesus, but she wasn't in love with him. But she did go to Bible study and attend church twice a week. I I remember thinking like this, like, I'm not one of those. I'm not really dedicated. (laughs) I need to do it more. You're going to Bible study twice a week, girl. Oh, totally. She's a church girl. She said she didn't miss a single Sunday. That was me growing up. You know, Uh you go to church and she says her first memory growing up was when she was four, accepting Jesus into her life. Which doesn't feel very Presbyterian, but yeah. I think I heard her say that, you know, she used to regularly go up for altar calls and stuff like that. Yes. Mm Because, yeah, when you're sort of raised in it, it's... It's hard to like put a hard point on when I became a Christian. And you can become obsessive about it. Did I really do it? Did I really give myself over? I still felt doubt. Maybe I should do it again. Uh I should do it again just in case. Okay, I'm rededicating myself. (laughs) You rededicate yourself. Let's get baptized because then I can put a date on that. Yes. uh Uh-huh. But yeah, you answer multiple altar calls and they're always preaching to the choir and you're the choir and Mm -hmm. she's the literal choir. (laughs) (laughs) But in retrospect, she sees this as kind of, um, like you say, a lukewarm faith situation. Yeah, she said, I guess you could compare it to how children believe in Santa. It felt like that, a belief but not a knowing. Okay, interesting. A belief in God whom I did not personally know. But she's got these videos of, you know, like herself as a kid, and it's always church-related, you know, like her singing at nine years old, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So... She goes to a church service at a friend's house, like in their living room. Mm, okay. And the way she said it was that she encountered the power of God for the first time. Mm. And in that home church meeting, she saw deliverance. And apparently that was the first time she had seen demons being removed from people. That's what deliverance means. When you see a deliverance church, just know that they cast out demons. Okay. And huh. I guess someone at that meeting also gave her a prophetic word, kind of like we encountered at Pie Hop. A lot of people are like, I'm going to prophesy to you right now. Like, it's just a casual thing. God's speaking through me and I'm speaking to you. Uh, so someone told her that God was with her and had great things in her life. That kind of message. Right. And she kind of ignores this at first. Later, she'll say, you know, people were giving me these messages from God all the time, but they were confusing to me. They didn't land. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. only later when George Davy gave me his dispensation that it all kind of fell into place. Yeah, it's so confusing. Like every time she tells a story, and I think both of us have experienced this, they're like, wait a second, how does this timeline Oh my compute? God. Yeah, I ended up making this massive chronology for her to just try to place everything. Because she'll give these little markers and every time she'll say like, oh, and that was three years ago today. So I'll be like, okay, yeah, okay when does okay, that video okay, come okay, out? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Continuing that story, she said a month after that home church 
thing. Uh-huh. She was baptized in the spirit. Okay. A month later. <laughs> yes. Okay. So everybody baptized in the spirit is a second thing. This is where the Holy Spirit enters you because you've really dedicated your life to Jesus <laughs> and no one actually right. sees it. It's just in your head. So if you happen to be obsessive, good luck to you. So she'd already been baptized, but now she's baptized in the Holy Spirit, like Pentecost, you know, like the, the Holy Spirit coming down upon her. And then she says nine months after that <laughs> and multiple times, like she said, oh, it's nine months, almost to the date. Uh-huh. She saw a prophet ministering and that that is Jor Davy. Yes. And uh, yeah, Drew even found this moment in the video very quick. Like I, I was scanning the rest of it, trying to see her again. She was sort of toward the back, but there was one sort of close inset cut of mm-hmm. her raising her hand in worship and being, you know, she looked like she was having a moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Not with Jor Davy. You don't see her like right in front of him or anything, but she's in the audience. She's like, <gasps> this is amazing. Yep. Her hands are in the air. One thing I noticed in that video is that other people had shirts on that matched. They would say, uh, I'd have to go back and look what the, the actual like statement was, but it was clear that this church was selling some kind of merch. Okay. And that'll become relevant. Church merch. I guess I guess it's obvious how it'll become relevant. She's selling merch now. <laughs> Carrie's wearing merch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says heal the sick cast out demons raise the dead (laughs) and i gotta tell you i've seen her alleged to do two of the three things i'm not gonna say which one i haven't (laughs) seen her do (laughs) but i feel that this sweatshirt oversells a little bit register your guesses now (laughs) has Catherine crick done healing of the sick casting out of demons or raising of the dead (laughs) you can get two out of three I just let you guess. I love this sweatshirt because I just picture it being James Randi shouting at them. Like, mm-hmm. All right. Raise the dead. Yeah. All right. Yeah, do Heal it. Heal the sick. Well, we agree. All right. Cast out a demon. <laughs> Let's see it. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a demand. Uh, amazing. Okay. Anyway. But we echo his demand. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'll, I mean, I won't, I won't yell it at her, but... Maybe I'll yell it at her. All right. She, I mean. Sometimes you have to yell at her. Yeah. She's got a noisy church, so it wouldn't be that weird to yell. I was watching one video from a Christian woman critiquing Apostle Catherine Crick, and she went to one of her services in Denver, and she was so mad at Catherine Crick. Oh, really? And had encountered someone that she wanted Catherine Crick to pay attention to, and kept saying, like, here, talk to her. Mm -hmm. And she said, at one point, she just shrieked, and everybody heard her and stopped. And she said, but it worked. And finally, Catherine Crick oh, came really? up and talked to the lady. So she responds oh? to shrieking. Okay, well, I don't know why I'm argument. encouraging you to do this. That's but a good argument. Here we are. <laughs> to say a little more about Gior Davy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he speaks English, so he can come. And mm-hmm. uh, his English is pretty good. He says he's learning, but, you know, he can carry on a conversation. Uh, he also speaks Swahili. Those are the two languages in Tanzania. And just having watched a couple of his faith healings, he does a little bit of sort of the psychic thing where he'll say a little bit about your past. Like, okay, and I'm seeing you've had a string of failed relationships in your past. And he's walking right up to someone in particular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I noticed this too. It's very cold reading-y. And it it feels a little out of place in a Christian service. It Mm -hmm. does feel unique in that way. And he'll put hands on someone like on their forehead or uh, sometimes even pull out oil and like with actual oil, anoint them. Oh, I see. Okay. Just as part of a deliverance. Ah. service where he's casting out a demon this is something i'm familiar with my mother-in-law has oil ready in a little vial yeah i think bob larson mentioned oil he does that too yeah yep because the scripture does say to anoint people with oil so some people just take that 
particular piece of scripture very literally. We should mention who Bob Larson is because we've said his Bob name Larson. a few times. Yeah. Go back and listen to our previous episodes on Bob if you want. But he is an exorcist of renown in mm-hmm. the United States, yeah. uh, in Arizona in particular. And he runs an internet ministry about healing people of demons. And then he travels the country doing these seminars where people mm-hmm. can come for a night and get their demons released. Yeah, he claims to be the most prolific exorcist in these United States. And I believe it. I yeah. I don't know who Sounds the right. competitor would be. Catherine Crick. She's on her way. But he's... Yeah. <laughs> okay, he well, likes her. I'll talk about it later. But yeah, he interviewed her on his show. And, you know, Bob is not at all hesitant about throwing shade at other Christians that he disagrees with. So he could have very easily found fault with something she's saying or doing and call her out on it. But no, he's totally no, he, on the Catherine Crick train. He, he loves pretty young women exercising. Yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's not, I didn't even mean to do that. So but that's meetings. probably true too. He indeed, he is known for having his own daughter and other young women cast out demons. So clearly he has no problem with giving women authority to do this. And in that interview, he even mentioned like, if I didn't allow women to cast out demons, that would take away 60 to 70% of my network of people doing totally. deliverance for me. And, and there's more religious women than religious men. Anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that later, but he's pro Catherine Crick. Yes. And we studied exorcism underneath him. So yeah, yeah, yeah Ross are, and I are technically like certified exorcists those under are Bob Larson. good episodes to listen to if you want to go back, if you haven't heard those. Also, I release all of you from demons. Yeah, it's that easy. You're all fine. Which she does all the time too. Like yep. at the end of a video or anything, she'll be like, all of you completely released. And like, eh, I don't know if it works yeah, that way, even right? in your own reckoning. Right. What but a I wouldn't say something like that if I didn't believe it. If Catherine Crook were truly dedicated mm-hmm. to the Lord Jesus Christ, though, you know what she would do? Yeah, we need a test of faith here. She'd probably make like a high quality website. A beautiful website. That's what Maybe the Lord demands. Make Maketh unto me a website that is pure and holy and built on Squarespace. Okay, I'm going to check real quick. Thou shalt construct thy website at even sides, 12 cubits on an end. There shall be four sides and there shall be right angles. This is as if it were the ark? Yeah. Absolutely. Or the tabernacle. You know, God would give building instructions every now and then. Question. Are you good at figuring out what website builder built a website? Uh, Well, one cheat is to go to, let's see, 5fchurch.org. Oh, oh, shit. Is it? 5fchurch.org is a Squarespace website. yes. You know it? You did it right, Catherine Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. She does love the Lord Jesus Christ. She is using the all-in-one platform for building her brand and growing her church online. You can stand out like Catherine Crick (laughs) with a beautiful website. You can engage your audience. You can sell anything. All these things are true. Healing, products, content you create, even your time. Oh, it is a good looking website. It is. It, I was going to say it's a pro website either way, but the way I found out was I hit escape while I was on it and it brought up the Squarespace login. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. I was gonna there say, you go. That's how you can tell. But uh, okay. So she knows that every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. And I got to tell you, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the website. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, people. And Ono Ross and Carrie's website is also Squarespace. <laughs> we haven't updated ours in a long time. It's less beautiful, but it has our episodes. <laughs> and yes, that's our fault, not Squarespace. Exactly. And the service has been great. And the point is they're not discriminating. 
discriminating. You want a website? You get a website. You get a beautiful website. So with Squarespace, you can connect your store to vetted third-party tools to extend the functionality of your ministry website. With Fluid Engine and Next Generation Website Design System from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone. I, I never. mean anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. <laughs> Start with the best-in-class website template, customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology. No dragons involved. It's drag and, and drop. Pause. Drop. <laughs> technology for desktop or mobile. So... Head to squarespace.com slash ono for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, just use the offer code ono to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. Catherine Crick uses it. Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in life, culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Night-night. So back to Jor Davy, also, in addition to the laying on of hands and the and the oil, he'll do a little bit of like witty repartee. He'll kind of make jokes at the expense of the demon or the person, you know, like, what's the matter? Are you stupid kind of thing. You know, a little bit of smack talk. And also he gets his feet really involved in it. Like, oh, OK. Yeah. I've seen multiple times where he's kind of like pointed out his feet and said, like, you know, I'm going to kick out these demons and he'll like make kicking motions at the person. <laughs> And do like the exercising that way. Yeah, strange. Huh. Uh, another thing about him that kind of stands out is you'll find videos and images of him wearing a big golden crown, like a European mm. style crown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Feels very bling blingy. Just sure stands out. Yeah, yeah. His website is very bling blingy. Yeah, yeah. He he has the aura of a um, what do you call it? Those preachers who are like, you can get rich. Prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel minister. guy. I'm yeah. not sure if he actually is, but that is the aesthetic of the website. One of the Christian critiques that I saw of Apostle Catherine Crick was saying that what she's doing, and by extension he is doing, is this paranormal version of the prosperity gospel. Mm. That God wants you to have health and wealth, but she's got you know this whole kind of new show and dance around it. Yeah. New, but not new, as, as we've said. Right, right. So, she calls it new wine. That's her favorite phrase. Oh, yeah. For it. She keeps saying new wine. Yeah, this is new wine, and religion doesn't like it. Oh, yeah. She's not a big fan of religion. Yes. Which is super annoying. <laughs> she's constantly saying she's not religious and to leave churches that are religious. In the same breath as she'll talk about like the spirit of rebellion and the spirits of pornography, she'll talk about the spirit of oppression, the spirit of religion. Be like, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, wait, wasn't that your thing? You snuck in your thing. And of course, we, we all know how Christians will often say, well, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And Okay. I, I think she's just kind of taken that yeah. to sort of an extreme, but come on. Yeah. You her, know what we mean when we say religion. Her position is that there are a bunch of churches that are too legalistic, yeah. and she's not like that. Huh. <laughs> I don't see it, uh, but but she she clearly feels that way. And and one of the things that she thinks is new is that she seems to be sort of a naturally shrinking violet type. Mm-hmm. 
And she's like, I know that most preachers in this space are men with big booming voices and they say, get out of here, demon. (laughs) But me, I'm this like, you know, kind of physically smaller woman with like, you know, she's she's who you cast as your ingenue, Mm -hmm. you know, and like and I'm the one who's casting out demons. I think she finds that so unusual that she thinks it's worth noting on. But I'm like. There's still a lot of those. Her voice may not be low in register, but it is booming. Uh-huh. She's being loud and commanding and forceful and taking on those aspects. But yeah, I, I remember what you're talking about. And like she was also essentially just saying, I've never seen a woman do this. Right. You know, like I expect what I think of as a pastor to be a man with a booming voice who makes really good alliteration. Oh, she loves alliteration. <laughs> so funny. Like she kept trying to like, I think, think of some other way she could classify what it was that felt so unattainable to her that these booming large men had that she didn't. And she just kept coming to, you know, like they they make alliteration. They and have they clever words and speak alliteration. <laughs> and they just, they boom around and they walk, they stomp on the stage and they say, get out of here, demon. And then they have a, like an alliteration. <laughs> to her, like, I say. Okay, girl, you got to write down some alliterations. Apostle, you like. always avoid alliteration <laughs> at all Avenues. Costs. Yeah, that, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but there's more to Jor Davy mm-hmm. and her relationship with him. I saw yeah. another video of him a few years later in 2019, and there was a woman who he was talking to, and he declared her an apostle and said it was a lifetime appointment. Like, he hands these out like candy, uh-huh. I feel. I don't think this is like a big thing, kind of like she built it up. Because when she tells the story, she'll leave out everybody else around her who's getting apostled. Okay, yeah. Labeled an apostle. Fair. Yeah, uh, so this was September 1st, 2016, and God tested her commitment by having her attend a conference where a prophet prophesied to me that I was called to be an apostle. Okay. Jor Davy said, you are an apostle of Jesus Christ, and you're called to reach the nations. I see you ministering to the masses and God doing shocking miracles through you. Um, She didn't want to be an apostle, but she said, I couldn't shake the conviction that it was truly God speaking through this man of God. I've never felt so uncertain about the future in my entire life. I couldn't picture preaching and ministering to people, but I knew with God, nothing's impossible. But then she would have to go through four and a half years of a wilderness season where God tests her severely before she's able to make this happen. Okay, so eventually she does go to Africa, to Tanzania in East Africa to meet Jor Davy to go to his church. And this is where it becomes very clear that she's doing her best to clean up her internet past, to anticipate her critics, to make these things harder to find. So as we're learning about all this stuff and like tracking down these criticisms, you'll find that a lot of videos have gone unlisted, have gone missing Mm -hmm. on both Mm -hmm. sides of this. Mm -hmm. So things that are just uncomfortable to her. Speaking of which. Yeah. If you want to criticize someone, always download their shit. Don't link to their YouTube video and expect them to keep it up while you criticize them. Think about those people. It's frustrating. Indeed. It's something we do all the time, Mm -hmm. downloading YouTube videos, because these things aren't forever, Mm -hmm. and they're not backed up on the internet archive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
got to download it, people. So there was this one channel called Truth Exposed that did a series called Catherine Crick Exposed and various exposed videos. And then she replied to it and I think tried to like spam the search engine optimization to make sure that like if someone searched for her name and exposed, it would bring up some of her sermons that had exposed in the title and exposing. (laughs) And then she also responds directly. Right. Yeah. Which. uh, Yeah. We'll talk more about her critics and her responses to them. But there was some really interesting stuff in that video. But take it. Take us back. Take us back to when she goes to Africa. Okay. I, I found this through one of those YouTubers. Unfortunately, their original video had gone missing, but they had linked to a now unlisted video on mm-hmm. Dior Davy TV. And there's two videos of her in Africa speaking mm. to his crowd. So here's one oh, of, great. from March 2017 of her looking like she's just gone to prom. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll insert a few clips here, but skip through it a bit. Hello, everyone. Asante Sana for having me here. Daddy, Asante Sana, Sana Sana, for inviting me. Asante Sana, Baba, Kokunialika. Asante Sana, Sana Sana, Sana Sana. Anawashukuru Jamani, Shangilieni. I've never felt so honored in my life to be here before you, to be invited by daddy. I've been waiting to come here ever since September when I met daddy, and I have never seen the power of God like I did when daddy was ministering. I had the greatest honor of having dinner with daddy and other members from the church and Pastor David the following day. This is where daddy delivered prophetic words that completely changed my life. This is when my eyes were open to how much God loves me from what I can comprehend. I knew it was my destiny to be a part of Jordavi International Ministries. The reason my heart really burns for this ministry is because in America, it is very rare to see the power of God in churches. Most of my friends didn't know that prophets exist today. So for you to have the prophet of prophets as your leader, I consider you the most favored people in the world. I don't say these words lightly. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And I think... I think that you have had daddy for a long time. I think it might be time for you to share him with America. Maybe maybe permanently, forever. So a little creepy that she calls him daddy. Oh, okay. But, you know, interesting. Uh, th- there were a lot of other Christian videos pointing that out, saying it's uncomfortable. And, oh, yeah, yeah, for American ears. Uh, but apparently, right, that is more of a cultural thing, a, a sign of respect there. Yeah, Fine. yeah. I, I, I know there was famously, I was just looking him up, Marcelino Manuel de Graca, a 
faith healer around there who is also called daddy. So yeah, that seems she just also, more, more common then. And she also calls him Baba, you know, same idea. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. I don't I don't get any sense that there's any kind of sexual thing going on. Oh or yeah, like that. me neither. That video was interesting, but there's another one that I think is even more telling. She appeared on stage at least two other times. Uh, in Africa. At Jordavis Davies Church. And yeah, it's massive. There's thousands of people in the audience. You're thinking 2017 or thereabouts. Yeah, I'm assuming that first video was posted in March of 2017 okay. on Jordavis Davies YouTube. So I'm assuming she didn't make multiple trips out to Tanzania. Seems reasonable. So assuming that was all at the same time, she's wearing a bright red dress. She's on stage with women around her. And they're all being anointed. Uh And the implication is, we don't see all of it, but I assume the other women are also being made apostles. Yes. Yeah, we got to find them. Who are they? Yeah. Oh, Uh, totally. Yeah. Oh, non-zero chance they're listening to this. Don't you think? Okay. She she isolates herself from all her former friends. Hello. Hello. If you're you're there, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. So I can already think of five women in videos that I've seen him anoint as apostles. Mm. He, the prophet. Which, in my mind, does seem like the higher rank, like a prophet. Yes, I think so, too. I get that impression. And then vessels at the bottom. That's funny. She uses the word vessel a lot and considers herself a vessel. I think that's just anybody who Yeah, that's entry-level shit. Filled filled with God. I think she still considers herself a mere vessel, of Of course. Of course. In all humility. also an apostle, which is not as good as a prophet. Oh, oh my goodness. It's so so hard to follow a linear line with her because I keep wanting to get drawn into all these other little side discussions about her talking points because that's a big thing. Thing where she's constantly trying to draw any attention away from herself. It's not about me, of mm-hmm. course, because she's heard her critics say it's all about her, and it clearly right. is, but she always wants to be saying, oh no, but it's really about Jesus, of course, that, you know, I'm incidental in all of this. Mm-hmm. Anyways, she's on the stage, red dress. <laughs> 2017. <laughs> we need to redress this issue. Jordavi goes to anoint her and holds... The bottle looks like a wine bottle, but I think it has oil inside of it. Holds it over her head and is starting to tip it as he speaks that he's going to anoint her. She has her eyes closed. She has her eyes closed and she falls over backwards. Perceiving the oil on her head, which is not there. Oh, I guess it's already happened. So she falls backwards. Someone catches her. And Jordavis says like, yeah, bring her 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 back back up. up. Pop her back up. (laughs) And he keeps talking. And then finally she gets, you know, the oil on her head. Oops. She was overwhelmed by the spirit too soon. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, sure. Maybe she was just feeling the spirit so heavily, but it seemed like a Probably thought there was oil. A missed cue. Yeah, totally. And this video has since been scrubbed. The only way we can see it is from her critics having, thankfully, some of them- Downloaded it. Downloaded it. Great job. Yes. You gotta download it. And then when we investigate it, say, hey, guess what, Ross and Carrie? I saved a bunch of videos from this thing. You want me to send them to you? Exactly. be like, yes, please. Gatekeep, gatekeep. You're a daisy. Thank Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. Okay, so then later on, after they've been anointed, she gets the mic and she just goes off in Catherine Crick mode as only she can and starts laying praise upon Jordavi, saying, Baba, we'd like to plant a seed at your feet. Baba, we want to be used to reach all of the people of Los Angeles to bring them to you. There's so many people hurting in LA. There's so many people hurting and across America. And we want God to use us to reach them and to bring them 
to you so that they may be healed and delivered and be directed into God's will for their life. We don't want to keep this to ourselves. We want to share this with the world. And all of this joy that you see in all of us and this transformation, it is only because of you, Baba. We would be nothing without you. We know and recognize that you hold the keys for America and only you. As John the Baptist declared, there's someone greater than me coming. We want to be used in that apostolic way. We want God to have people's eyes be open to the words we're speaking, that they may hear and come to this conference and to this ministry and receive you, receive the real Jesus and receive from the real Jesus through you. We give ourselves, we lay down ourselves, we surrender and submit to you that God would use us to serve you and to help fulfill your vision. We plant this seed at your feet, Daddy, for God to have our way with us to serve you. We want the world to know you. We want you to be famous. So that the real Jesus, who is full of love and power, may be known. They will not know the real Jesus unless they know you. He's choosing to use you for the world to see him and to know him. Asante sana baba we love you so much asante sana for being our father we love you asante sana kwa kuwa baba yetu tunakupenda i bless you very fawning very fawning and at the very end they bow before him uh this is where a lot of people in the church criticize her and say okay you're saying things like people can only find the real jesus if they know you jor davy yeah what the hell of course not jesus is the way Mm -hmm. and then you know calling him daddy that just it sounds weird in a sentence when she's you know saying these things that sound kind of infantile it's uncomfortable it makes me uncomfortable listening to it Mm -hmm. so she has a video where she responds to these criticisms and then she and the other women lay some quote-unquote seed money (laughs) at his feet we know where she got the seed idea yeah so she'll talk about this in church later but it's the idea that you give some money to god and he you know makes it fruitful and multiple applies it and brings it back to you so you become rich or your organization Mm -hmm. prospers or whatever it is so these three women put seed money at his feet for the ministry they're going to take back to la Mm -hmm. and yeah the critics didn't like that either you know laying money at his feet bowing saying all these nice things to the preacher instead of to god right and so she and other defenders that i've seen will say okay well this is cultural stuff and they can point to scripture uh, as i've seen them do of you know someone bowing before a and look, you know, God didn't rebuke them for that. It's fine. Even though Jesus wasn't cool with people bowing to him, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do you call me good? Only God is good. The level of just scriptural picking tiny pieces and moving them around involved here is is uh, staggering. But yeah, a lot of critics responded to this. And then Catherine Crick had her own response video to all these exposed videos. And she said, okay, some of these things are cultural, like the bowing, like calling him daddy. But she said, you know what? Other things, I agree with you. I said those totally wrong Mm -hmm. and I... Denounce them. Yeah, I denounce them. And 
I was like, okay, well, yeah. to your credit, you said, you know, I take the criticism. That's not what I meant. She prints out her own words and she's looking right at them and she says, okay, I said, you know, that uh, you, no people one can only know Jesus through, through you, you and I, that's wrong. Okay, I denounce that. There is one point where she kind of says, well, I'm looking at this and I don't hear it the way you hear it, but listeners are obviously hearing it this way, yeah. so I'm going to denounce that too. Yeah, I'll give remarks for that. Sure. I, I, I'm I not really particularly bothered by that part of it. I, to me, that's like the same as giving yourself over to God. You know, it's just like, well, you're giving away your autonomy to a rando. Well, I don't know. It's so funny because, you know, none of these are my horse to bet on because, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to defend any of this theology. Exactly. And up to this point, all of the criticism I've seen has come from other Christians. Yes. So it's kind of funny to ride alongside and see them pointing out certain things about her. And some of them I'll be like, oh, oh, good observation, good point. Mm -hmm. Some of them I'll be like, well, that's your doctrinal thing. Yeah, good Mm -hmm. luck. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Working out the dogma here. She also does keep saying that, uh, you know, I was just a baby Christian at the time. I was a baby. And I'm thinking, you've been in the church your whole life. Your whole life. You know, she's new to this whole... But she grew up in the Presbyterian the Church. Thing. This is all making sense to me now because the <laughs> Presbyterian Church is pretty antiseptic. Like we didn't speak in tongues. That would have been very unusual. No oh, yeah. one does faith healing. That That's mm-hmm. all like weird stuff. And I remember feeling like she felt being like, well, I'm reading the Bible. It talks about healings. It talks about tongues. Why aren't we doing this stuff and mm-hmm. feeling uncomfortable about it? Mm-hmm. So when I did first encounter it in college, I had this sort of revelatory okay. like, fine. Oh, someone's taking this seriously. But I didn't um, start a ministry. Thank goodness. Yeah. Unless this podcast is a ministry. Then (laughs) then you start faith healing people. (laughs) One thing leads to the next. Yeah, and then you're really doing some damage. So there was one more video of her in a different blue dress that was a second anointing, and it was just her. Yes. And (laughs) Jordi. I don't know why they do this twice. This time, she didn't fall over early, so, you know, she waited around for the oil to actually hit her head. I want to anoint her once again. Come here. For a new level. This is a complete new level. Of the power and the anointing. Of God. I release the power to change environment, to change anything in people's life. Receive it in Jesus' name. It is yours. 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 Interesting that he's like, oh, this is up to another level. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? But mm-hmm. okay, sure, there's yeah. levels to it. I don't know, it sounds phony to me. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there just wasn't any oil the first time, the second time he got the oil. Oh, like having to redo Obama's swearing in because the chief justice had switched some of the words. You remember that? Oh, no. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. When Obama was sworn in, Chief Justice John Roberts felt that he was making like a, a verbiage correction on the oath of office and switched two words. And you could see Obama sort of pause and be like, that's not what you were supposed to oh. say. And later on, they had to do the second swearing in just to make sure it was official. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, what a revelatory moment that Obama spotted it. I think the constitutional scholar. Yeah, right. That he knew it word for word. Yeah. 
Wow. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know if it was something like that or why he needed to take her to a second level. But yeah, she went to Tanzania and and experienced his church firsthand and, and spoke. But now she's really emboldened. She knows that revival's coming to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been there before, but it's coming back again, it's I guess. coming back. And so basically, the revival in America is going to start in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which implies her. So she's, you know, we're implying here that she is the American mouthpiece of God. Yeah. She started doing her services on the hill on Mulholland Drive in 2017. So she would play the keyboard, she says badly, and kind of sing and lead the worship on her own. Oh, yeah, I have her with a 20-person congregation in 2017. When she first started, sometimes it would be five people. And one time she was just glad one hiker stopped by (laughs) and came to listen and said that they enjoyed it. Yeah, it looks like 2017, she had a 20-person congregation, 2018, a 15-person congregation, 20. 19, 10 people. Yeah, those are the kind of... 2022 people. So, okay. So at this point, it's just like a home study group. Oh, and she lost half her members around then. Like there was some big falling out and like 10 of the 20 people um, disappeared. She just won't so far. I haven't found her talking about the details. details. Okay, interesting. Uh, But then, as we all know, she goes viral in 2021 and now everybody's sharing her TikTok videos. And it takes a little while. She said it was like a few months. But then there was like one day when all of a sudden four people from out of country showed up or they traveled a long distance to come see her. And that was like her second big moment. So she had the blow up on TikTok with that one video around her 30th birthday. And then she had like 300 people come on May 30th, 2021. <laughs> That's right. A week before there were 70 people. Wow. So May 23rd, 70 people. May 30th, three. 300 people. That's like a five-fold increase. Hey! Oh, no, it's, wait a it's minute. It's fourfold, but... <laughs> it's close, though. It's close. <laughs> yeah. It's a 4.5-ish <laughs> increase. Uh, oh, Ross is figuring it out, people. No, no. Please, we're going to get the decimal. I'm working on the I'm working on the <laughs> alliteration. Okay. 4.5-fold. 4.5-fold <laughs> ministries. Yeah, I was looking for a word <laughs> growing rapidly that started oh, okay. with an F. Okay, 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 okay. Fulfillment. Okay, 4.5-fold fulfillment. Perfect. Look at these booming men with their acronyms. (laughs) (laughs) So right after she met George Davey here in the U.S., it seems like they kind of immediately set up- Some sort of a business relationship. It will set set up a nonprofit with the IRS. So he'd already set it up before he met her. Right, okay. she got incorporated into the five-fold church that he had set up as- uh, George Davey Ministries. As a 501c3 in Beverly Hills. Yes. And he was like the president of it. And then by the end of yeah. 2016- now The director. She's, now she's the secretary. And she's the secretary for two years and then becomes the director in 20. 20- So in 2016, they declare $6,000 in income, Mm -hmm. and that's going to skyrocket after Catherine Crick um, blows up. up. We kept finding instances, like in those early financial filings and some newspaper records, of her name being spelled Catherine. The more typical way, Mm K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. But now we're pretty sure those were just misspellings. She's always spelled it Catherine. K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. But I'm really curious because it would be so apropos if she had been named after Catherine Coleman, the famous U.S faith healer yeah in the like 40s to 70s who uh, spelled her name k-a-t-h-r-y-n and then coleman same initials k-k as katherine crick i don't know 
Just seems oh, man. seems interesting. That might have uh, inspired. You know, even um, Bob Larson in the interview, he says, oh, like Catherine Coleman. Or, oh. or, do you consider her a hero? Because he, he was asking her about her heroes. And, you know, she did the right answer first and said, well, of course, Jesus is my only hero. Of course, of course. And he says, you know, oh, are you trying to be kind of like Catherine Coleman? And it seems like he was almost laying out a little, are you going to fall into this trap? And she sort of laughs and says, I'm trying to be Catherine Crick. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, smooth, nice. smooth. Alliteration. But yeah. Oh, it, alliterative name. Oh, yeah, like a Marvel superhero. And she loves alliteration. Yeah, Catherine Crick, well done. That you would already think was she'd be better, for her. She was better at it. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, so imposing. Oh, I hope her middle name doesn't start with K. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> too alliterative. Yeah, that's right. You can be too alliterative in some cases. In some um, cases. Uh, okay. I won't keep at this uh, no, at this joke. It's I going. feel I uh, know I feel it's about to go off the tracks. <laughs> Uh, But also, I think even at the time, Catherine Coleman was seen as kind of the latest incarnation of Amy Semple McPherson, Mm -hmm. who very close by to where Catherine Crick is doing her thing. Yeah, totally. Founded the Foursquare movement. And then there's the Azusa Street Revival. That's near where Catherine is set up now. Another another revival in L.A. Look, folks, L.A. is a major spiritual center of the nation. So it's very convenient for our podcast. That's true. It's so easy to get sidetracked with this woman because there's so many like fascinating things about her totally Uh, my brain keeps shooting off in all these different directions but all of this was just preamble just setting up who this person is sure yeah Uh, but we went to see her yes we went to see her and by sheer coincidence Mm -hmm. we went to see this faith healer the very week what do we need to have healed carrie the very week yeah i break my toe this in half I mean, this could be the setup of a story of God speaking to you. It could be. Breaking your foot like God does on a Monday. Yes. So that you can go see his apostle in Los Angeles where you live. Yeah. The next Sunday, Uh, six days later. Also, I should say it wasn't really broken in half. It was just... (laughs) broken but carrie carrie will make the telling of her toe story sound more dramatic hey don't listen to hidden mickeys if i don't tell you to you sent me the link oh okay i told you to and i did and uh yeah drew had uh, i'm very brave i said drew get on the microphone tell the people yeah drew had a, a different narrative about, a rebuttal about how this whole toe story went down well i'll, I'll well, say I do have a broken with drew toe. as i mentioned on the podcast i didn't buy the hundred pounds but it's a lot of cat i buy that it's a lot of cat it's a lot of cat shit (laughs) so uh, yeah if you want to hear drew's full rebuttal it's on hidden he says it's 24 to 45 pounds yeah that sounds about right i don't think that's right (laughs) 50 pounds minimum (laughs) and this is so carrie too i know the next time the cat bag is full there's going to be a scale brought out oh do you know carrie because that was drew's idea (laughs) drew specifically said I'm going to get it out. I'm going to get a scale. You know That's a good point. If Carrie was confident she was right, she would get the no, scale. No, I was like, absolutely, hon. Okay. But it was all Drew's right. idea. Oh, and all I right. said, yeah, 100%, let's do that. So more to come. Yeah. To so maybe we're just perfectly matched. Okay. <laughs> you know what? That's a true statement. Thank you. Do you now agree with the three bags total? That I can buy. Okay. That I can buy that okay. I just don't remember correctly. <laughs> But, but the important thing for this story is that Carrie had her three middle toes bound together to protect the middlest of them. Yeah. 
Because it's broken. And I Carrie... went to a doctor of mm-hmm. medicine and he took an x-ray and said, that's a broken toe lady. Okay. So that's something that sounds like it needs fixing. You're on crutches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pick you up to go to Catherine Crick's service at the Five Fold Church at 300 South Mission Road in Los Angeles, uh, less than two miles away from Skid Row. Extremely close to where Drew used to have his studio where someone got shot in the head outside. In a converted warehouse built Uh for heavy manufacturing. Mm -hmm. That's what the building was made for. Either in 1926 or 1950. I saw two origin dates for that building. But it is clearly a converted warehouse. And uh, you know what? We're going to have to wait till next time to tell you the whole story. But can I just tell them whether my toe is healed? Or do you want me to save that? The First Amendment protects your right (laughs) Sure, if you want to sure. tell, yeah, do you want to make them wait to find out if your toe is miraculously healed? That's up to you. Um, well, I'll give you this hint. Okay, we go back again. That's true. The following Sunday, we're back, and it's not to say, Oh my god, you did it! So, we've now seen Apostle Catherine Crick minister. It is a long service. Oh each my god, time. it puts Mormon church to the test. It's the freaking dead middle of fall slash winter. The days are short. Okay. It gets dark at like 4.30 p.m. And the church starts at 1 p.m. She is taking up the entire day on a Sunday. Pretty much. In the the winter. Fall slash winter. Though, counterpoint, it is the Lord's Day, Carrie. I don't agree. What I want to know is why is it so late in the day? Thank you. Uh, if you're going to do this, if you're going to have like a three and a half hour service, mm-hmm. get me there at 10, 11. Something tells me, again, we've talked about how leaders can influence their congregations, their religions, uh, to use that word she hates, with their particular pet peeves and peccadillos. Something tells me that she never liked showing up to church as early as she had to. Oh, fair. And said, you know what? I'm not going to do that to others. Let's make it one o'clock. Give us a nice cozy morning. Don't have to worry about getting out of bed at 7 a.m. However... She did release one YouTube live recently where she was complaining about people not coming to church on time. It was on November 29th, 2023. She did this live stream I attended where she was calling her followers lazy for not coming to church on time and really chastising them. Well, if you make it 1 p.m., come on, people. Yeah, yeah. I could see it if it were 8.30 (laughs) a.m. You know, because churches will often have like the 9 a.m. service and then Mm -hmm. they'll have the 10.30 service for, you know, Johnny Come Lately, who, you know, just rolled out of bed. Yeah, Uh, she's trying. But listen, you're the TikTok minister, okay? Like, you got people who were looking at an app where they were like, here's two people dancing. Oh, now there's a lady healing people for one minute. Oh, now I'm at, like, some guy who's talking about narcissistic abuse. (laughs) That's what TikTok is. It's a mess. Those are the people you're drawing. Of course, they're not on time. So we can't wait to tell you more about this. But uh, if you're enterprising, you can find some of her live streams from her recent church services. And if you look closely, you might see us. You might. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton, who I talked to this week. Hi, Brian. Hey, Brian. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Ross Blotcher. You can support us if you want us to make more podcasts like this 
or more episodes of the same podcast. That's what I meant to say. By going to MaximumFun.org slash join. That's how you become part of the Maximum Fun family. That's how you get bonus material. That's how you contribute seed money to what we do. <laughs> we will return nothing to you oh, except y- audio. Oh, yeah. We should scrupulously avoid using the word money and just always say seed. Mm. So sow your seed at MaximumFun.org slash join. That's what my mom always called a cum. <laughs> <laughs> When we had a rabbit. Oh. We had a male rabbit and he was always humping stuff and then seeds would come out. Okay. You can leave us a positive review wherever you're listening to this. Five star reviews only. Five fold reviews. Um, just kidding. You can leave an honest review because I don't read them. But I will. But Ross will. So maybe five stars. Listen, figure out your personal philosophy and use it. Sure. <laughs> Given, oh, I'm always in favor of honest reviews. But that's how you can help other people find us. So if that's your goal, leave a review accordingly. And remember, coming in at number one, Perfect Love by Cat Crick. It's not number one. It's not. universe where Hollywood is smarter. And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula, Airport Marriott, Thruple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked, and Allah in the Family. In our stupid universe, you can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society. The podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.